Space Watchers. This is Space Cafe Radio, your channel about trends, great people and space visions. I'm Torsten, publisher of Spacewatch.global. On 12th of April 2022 at the ESOC Mission Control Center in Darmstadt, Germany, the new Space Safety Center was opened. The center is a hub for activities protecting our planet from a raging star, risky asteroids and defunct satellites, so to read on ESA's website. I reached out to Dr. Holger Krag to learn more. Listen to our talk. Tell us, what is this new center about and what is your role actually? I'm the head of the space safety program in ESA. This center that we have inaugurated is meant to display the content of our space safety program to the public. I'm managing the space safety program here for ESA and uh, the space safety program addresses three risks that are coming from space. Number one is a human-made risk, space debris. The second one is a natural risk and that is the space weather. And the third one is also a natural risk and that is asteroids impacting on Earth. Uh, we call that planetary defense. The space safety program is addressing these three hazards And the Space Safety Center is the first visible footprint uh, of our activities. So in the Space Safety Center, we will be collecting data from telescopes uh, observing asteroids. And we are collecting data from uh, different instruments that are flying and more are to follow, observing the space weather. So observing the activity of the sun, which they can then use to distribute to the right experts in the world that can form timely space weather warnings out of this. But what kind of data can you access or, or do you have all these telescopes or sensors in the facility? When it comes to space weather, I have to confess, we don't have enough sensors today in Europe. We, we are not equipped in a way that we can provide timely space weather warnings. We currently have two radiation monitors flying in space. We have another coronagraph flying in, in low Earth orbit. These are the sensors we are operating for Europe at the time being. There are a couple of sensors also on the way observing the sun and the space weather as a national effort. But if you look at them, you will find that they are mostly scientific efforts. And what we need to do is to turn science into operations. You know, science means to learn about the sun, to collect data and to digest and research on the data over days and months. Operations means to get the data within minutes and hours to decide on whether in the solar event is becoming critical or not to Earth and spaceflight, and then to issue a warning before that event arrives to Earth. And that's what we mean by operational space weather forecasting. That requires completely different setup. Uh, it requires more real-time processing. It requires also sensors that can uh, respond to this more operational need. And here we, we still need to work on them. For planetary defense, it is similar. We do have telescopes in Europe, and planetary defense is something you do in a corporation. There's not a single country concerned by falling asteroids at the whole globe, so you work together. So what we are doing here is to feed data that our telescope get into an international center, and that is the Minor Planet Center, which is made for this. And the more data they have, the better the forecast will be, the more complete the picture will be. But we want to add more meaningful assets. We want to set up four really large survey telescopes. We call them fly-eye, from the eye of the fly, a telescope with a wide angle. Mm -hmm. That's what you need. We have the goal to detect all asteroids above 40 meters with a pre-warning time of three weeks so that you can evacuate a city with three weeks lead time if you have to. 
And these objects, they are hard to find. You need uh, wide survey telescopes. And we want to build and set up four of them. The first one will come already in one year's time and will be working from Italy. And three others are to follow. And the data will be fed into the Minor Planet Center. We will be able to show in the Space Safety Center how that works. And you can also see the results, a risk list in that center. So, and even the center is based out of Germany, out of Darmstadt. Are it serving then are the ESA member state or the entire international community or... How does international cooperation look like? Because as you said, it's not just for us. It's for everyone and we need also everyone's data. It would be bold to say that ESA is doing everything alone, for sure. Absolutely not. Um, for the planetary defense, we are relying on an operations center in Italy and we are uh, relying on several astronomers that contribute with their observations. And of course, relying on the International Astronomical Union and community in uh, merging all the observation data into the Manila Planet Center. Well, that's obviously a very global effort, planetary defense. And also space weather, it is similar. Also in space weather, we are having a very, very close collaboration with the American Weather Association, NOAA, and also NASA, obviously. We are exchanging instruments, we are exchanging data, And we fly the same instruments on each other's missions so that we have comparable data from different viewpoints in space. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that is something you do together. And it's ESA and the Space Safety Center providing only the starting point for what's going to become a process. Because it's not going to be us that provides operational warnings in the end. It's us that receives data from the payloads flying in space, but you need a, a processing chain of really high-ranked experts, tools and models to get really actionable warnings out of them. And that must work fast, but they will. Don't worry, uh, we, are, we are working very hard to get this, what is still research, into an operational mode so that this data can be processed and analyzed within minutes. And then it's going to be these experts that are actually providing the warnings. And it is the Space Safety Center that is the starting point. For this, we are looking at the health of the data. Mm -hmm. We are making sure that it is correct. But you will not see ESA distributing the data to the end users. We will have a governing entity doing this for us with these experts involved. Who will be this entity or is it not decided yet? It is not decided. Okay. Uh, it is something we are, we are investigating and looking for. Who in Europe will be operationally in charge of governing and in the end managing and also funding the routine operations of such a space weather service. Our role as the agency is to build up the system, to develop the, the missions and the instruments and to make sure they fly. And from that point on, in the Space Safety Center, we will make sure that the data works all right. But from that point on, we will hand over to an operating entity. You didn't spoke about our space debris and it was one of the columns uh, you mentioned at the, at the beginning. How is space debris treated? Space debris has two sides. One side is observing, monitoring. That's what you call space surveillance. And the other side is preventing the action in space that is required in order to preserve the environment. For the first part, the surveillance, this is not, the operational surveillance is not part of our program. So this is done by the EU SST, the European Union Surveillance System for which we provide research and technology. So a lot of the sensors that are operating for the European surveillance system, they have the roots in, in some of the technologies we have been developing, but the setup of the system and its operation is not part of our task in the program. And therefore you don't find also 
actions related to this in our space safety center. But ESA, don't forget this, ESA is also a spacecraft operator. There are 20 missions flying in Darmstadt next door to me. And they, of course, receive warnings prior to conjunction events, to collision alerts that are also coming from the EU SST. And, uh, and there, of course, we need to be able to look at this data and do our decisions, whether to maneuver or not. And there's also some technology required to do this. For what concerns the prevention of the problem, so sustainability actions in space, here our program is very active. We are developing the technology that you need to become debris neutral by 2030. So it's a big word. We want to make sure that by 2030, none of our missions that we launch thereafter leaves anything behind. And if they do, it should be removed retroactively by using active removal action. And for this, we are developing also the first ever removal mission, which is called Clear Space One, a mission that will do this for the very first time in a, in a few years. One news popped up over the last days, which I would consider a good sign in the right direction. The White House and the National Space Council under Vice President Harris formulated the, the ASAT ban. That's a great step. So will that have an impact on the center for you? Or is it something you just recognize and say, it's good action, move on? First of all, we recognize this with a lot of satisfaction. It is our space missions in ESA that have been suffering from the consequences of these tests. We are still spending a lot of avoidance efforts on fragments that have been left behind by previous tests, in particular the Chinese one, which occurred in very high altitude. So as an operator, we can only appreciate that decision and we hope that others follow uh, this example. The Space Safety Center, as I said, has no operational role for space surveillance and therefore it's, it's not directly concerned. But as a user of space, ESA, and ESA is a big user of space, we welcome this decision a lot. I spoke a few weeks back with Catherine Cavada from the European Commission also about the European Commission's or space traffic management strategy. So how is this center then integrated? The Space Safety Center is, is complementary uh, to uh, the EU's efforts in uh, setting up uh, surveillance systems. Um, we are not looking into the building up a surveillance system nor operating it, but we have the mandate for planetary defense, space weather and technology for space sustainability and uh, observations. So that fits together nicely, and we hope we can even contribute a bit technology and expertise-wise to the efforts done by the EUSST. Generally speaking, the efforts we are doing in Europe, they are on the right track. So it's good to see that the number of users of the system is growing. But it's also fair to say we are still behind efforts done elsewhere. And I think that's also widely recognized that the number of objects tracked in the U.S., which is above 30,000 in these days, is far beyond what we can do in Europe, though we are catching up. But if you look in the more midterm future, you also see that efforts in the U.S. are going further to even smaller objects, and then probably 100,000 objects will be tracked. When space surveillance is considered as a key to some autonomy in accessing and operating in space, We would need to catch up. I'm, I know and I'm sure that this is recognized everywhere in Europe and that also future efforts will be put into enhancing mm -hmm. our tracking capabilities even further to what we have. There's one dimension that we should not overlook as well, and that is not everything in the US is done by the public sector, but you find also commercial companies contributing 
to that surveillance efforts, not necessarily by finding new objects, but by providing complementary, additional, more accurate, more sort of user-driven information into the pool. I think here we have room in Europe, and mm -hmm. uh, this is something where both the Commission and ESA are looking and how we can stipulate this kind of business in, in Europe as well. What can we expect from the center in the near or in the far future? What are the next steps? This center today is a window for the public to look at what we do in our program. It has an operational role and that operational role will grow over time. Today, we are monitoring the data coming from our space weather payloads, mm -hmm. but the number of payloads and instruments is still limited in Europe. As this will be growing, and in particular as the Vigil mission, the Vigil mission will be our first dedicated space weather operational mission uh, flying into deep space where nobody has been before, like Roche.5. So when this is in place, the center will be even more relevant, and then it will be, serve as a starting point for the processing chain that will end up with operational warnings for the users. So I think that you will see Darmstadt being the origin of the information that will lead to operational space weather forecasting. Great. I take your quote. We will go where no one has gone before. Thank you very much, <laughs> Olga. My pleasure. Thank you for listening today. If you want to stay on the pulse of space, visit our website, our mothership, at spacewatch.global and subscribe to our newsletters. But of course, don't forget to become a Space Watcher. I'm Thorsten Screening, CEO and publisher of spacewatch.global, your independent perspective of space.